It's with joy that the student athletes are returning to the fields and courts. But it doesn't feel quite the same. Where have the people gone? Seems like there's no one hanging on. Cut out, cut out, cut out, cut out. What is this cut out talk? In 2020-21, the people may be cutouts, but there are still games, and there are still tailgate shows, they're still broadcast, and through it all, there is still the Joe Beaver Show, a place to gather at proper distances to talk about it all, to talk about what we do have. And it looks like we're ready to give it one more try. So, such as it is, we're ready to give it one more try with John and Mike and the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Oh, yes. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, just after 11 o'clock. The sun has come out, and uh, I can't help but sing to that. Where have the people <laughs> gone? Very nice. Very nice voice. B.J. Nice Thomas voice. Uh, provided a few tunes. Yeah, in fact, like that kind of reminds me of uh, the sunshine. No, what's the one when they're they're going around on the bicycles? Uh, raindrops. Raindrops, yeah. Raindrops. Keep Similar era. My head. Similar sound, too. Yeah, yeah. Same song. Almost same singer. Like, <laughs> almost like he uh, was in a, in a groove writing two songs in a row and didn't vary from much. But we have a, a special guest coming up at 11.15, Doc. I'm glad yes. you were able to get Dan Dickow, tremendous player in his day mm-hmm. at Gonzaga. Gonzaga's just rolling along. I don't know that anybody will challenge him. Well, now they won't because they're in conference play. Unless they have one of those rare out-of-conference games where they play a big hitter. Um, but they'll probably roll into the tournament that will be played in Indiana as the top team coming in. And he had a great career there. And um, we'll talk with him about tonight's game because he's going to be on the broadcast. It's been an odd year. I mean, we just got off a conference call kind of getting set for baseball. And and it's been an odd year with, with who's, who's in and who's out as far as COVID. Every team has gone through it. And the Beavers, after 10 days off, are back at it tonight. And Dan Dickow will be on the call with Rich Burke. Conflicting releases. That's what I saw. Yeah, the Beaver release said Rich Waltz, which was true at the time Sean Scheffler put the release out. Rich Waltz and Dan Dickow would be calling the game. And as I got the Arizona release finalized last night, printed it, worked with it, wrestled with it last night. Uh, it said play-by-play by, play by uh, Rich Burke and Dan Dickow. <laughs> and apparently, according to uh, Rich himself, Burke himself, yeah. said that, yeah, I am doing the game. Walt's got a sudden other gig that came up, and he's out and I'm in. Sean's updated it. Has he updated yeah. his? Okay, well, On. good for Rich Burke. Yeah, you got to be able to pivot. you got to be flexible. <laughs> Those are words I've heard. You talked about pause. I mean, other words that have become so... <laughs> predominant in our lexicon and i get it but you know the ability to pivot yeah yeah and the necessity to pause that's for sure hey good morning everybody dan dickow will join us in a few minutes he will provide the work on tonight's beaver arizona game and i'm looking forward to talking to him in his preparation about arizona i also have I've reached out to two writers from the Arizona Daily Star. I'm not sure Dan will know this. I don't think it's his job to know it. And I wouldn't expect him to necessarily. But I did reach out to Bruce Pascoe of the Arizona Daily Star in Tucson, outstanding beat writer who covers Wildcats basketball. 
I also reached out to Michael Lev of the Arizona Daily Star, who doesn't cover basketball, but does cover Arizona Wildcat football and has had a story out in the last day or so about the rounding out of Jed Fish's staff. And so I thought it would be interesting to talk to Lev kind of on general terms about that. And Kevin Cummings, part of that staff now at Arizona, how the hire is going over when it was initially met with a lot of what, who, why uh-huh. type questions. Wonder how if if Coach Fish, and I have read and heard that after the initial sort of pushback, what, what to eh, intriguing after all. And the staff he's building is getting some uh, good reviews. And so I wanted to talk to, to Lev about that. But also, with Arizona coming to town, John, one of the amazing things is that the head coach for the Arizona Wildcats, Sean Miller, is still the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats in spite of everything that's right. come down. I wanted to ask Lev and Pasco if if it's a fact what I'm reading in preparing for the game, that in the HBO show, the scheme purports to have Sean Miller on tape with the, a dialogue about uh, a certain recruit, I think uh, Nasser Little, mm-hmm. something to the effect of, well, somebody saying to, well, his handlers, and I have it written down, handlers of Nasser saying, well, his handlers, the one street agent type guy says yeah. they want to get paid. Yeah. They want to, they, they want to get paid. And then according to the story that I read in preparing for this game tonight, not that this is a big theme of the game, the right. game plays itself out and has little to do with that per se. But Sean Miller, according to this story, is heard on tape quoted as saying, well, Miami doesn't have advantages in that area over us, do they? <laughs> now, if that's a fact, an accepted sort of these are the facts of the case, these are not disputed, Sean Miller said this. Right. What it's just, it? It's phenomenal to me that he's still the coach after all this time. I remember he's a good basketball coach, and I mm-hmm. think maybe even probably an okay dude. You right, know, just right. I've always kind of liked the way he coaches his teams and just kind of liked them. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just somewhat amazed if these things are true. Now, Arizona's placed a ban upon itself. They did that right. on December 29th. But I kind of wanted to get a, a feel from a writer who – you know, Dan Dickow is preparing to analyze tonight's game, so right. I don't expect him to say, Dan, where is this whole FBI, NCAA, mm-hmm. uh, HBO investigation? <laughs> I mean, where are we with this? But in playing and getting ready to play Arizona the last several seasons, the backdrop of that story, I mean, it's just hung over the Arizona program yep. for several seasons now. And here we are again, and it's Sean Miller and the Arizona Wildcats coming to town. When I remember when he came in here a couple of years ago, the outstanding and longtime columnist in uh, Tucson, and uh, why you know you and I both are having uh, yeah. issues. You you couldn't come up with Apollo Creed this no. morning. And how am I not remembering a guy that's been a guest, a guy that used to write for the Albany Democrat Herald? In this moment, I've lost the name of that outstanding columnist. Galt. It's it's gone. It's gone for a moment. See, and that's what happened to me with Apollo Creed. Yes, and I know Apollo that inside Creed, and out. Apollo Creed, you've seen it eight million times, and I've read. So we are having Carl together moments today. of concern. Yes, I I don't like that. He said, "It'll come to me here shortly." Yeah, but the the writer said, 
if he, he should never coach a game again. This will be his final game, and he'll never coach a game again at Arizona. And here he is again. Well, not only that, but who was it that broke the story with Yahoo? Greg Hansen, thank you. Greg Hansen. Yahoo, or what was the national? There was a national writer that broke the story at the very beginning and declared on one of the shows, the, the, the talk shows, declared Arizona dead. If they're not fired, I'll, I'll quit my job. Right. All of that. Well, that's come to pass that it, it didn't come to pass, and I don't know that he quit his job mm-hmm. or even got fired. Right. I mean, it was a declaration he was that sure that this was all going to happen, and yeah. it didn't. So it's just amazing to me. We're going to break and talk to Dan Dickow about the game, the basketball game, yeah. and not what Dickow knows about the other game going on that's been going on for a couple of years now, deep investigations, an HBO show dedicated to the whole pay-for-play scheme that the FBI uncovered. You know, the only... Did you see it? Yeah, I saw saw it, but I I don't remember the specific moment of this is Sean Miller talking. The, The allegations are all over that show that Miller was engaged in trying to pay DeAndre Ayton and involved in talking about other players, but... But he has emphatically denied it. That conversation ne- never took place. It didn't happen. My name's been defamed. I remember how yep. forthright he was. He yep. just came out and said no. No, it didn't and, do it. And, and so the fact that he's still coaching must mean that there is within the U- UA administration in Tucson an acceptance somehow, some way, even that HBO stuff notwithstanding. Right. That they still believe him. And they have information that he's, right. he didn't do it. That, that exonerates So him. what happens to the, the colonists? What happens to the right. guy who broke the story right. and said, oh, I'm, I'm going to the bank with yep. this? In the meantime, it's Arizona and the Beavers again tonight at Gill with Sean Miller, the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats, who cannot go and will not go to any postseason. They won't go to the Pac-12 tournament. They won't be involved in any kind of postseason play. Which isn't a huge sacrifice on their part. Right. And we all kind of rolled our eyes when they did that because of any year to do it, someone no, said, sure. hey, COVID year, COVID year. Let's just get but, out of but this But I thing. wonder if they do that a step ahead of what may be coming within the next couple of weeks in terms See, I was of what wondering, the notice of allegations that yeah, was sent to yeah. Arizona means yeah. and what it's going to mean for the program. Yeah, because I was wondering, okay, fine, you can do that. Everybody rolls their eyes, but it's really what does the NCAA yeah. do? And they, I guess they haven't acted yet. Not quite. Arizona had 90 days to appeal or to respond to the notice, and we're not quite at that 90-day mm. period, but we're closing in on it. That's why I wanted to talk to somebody, a writer from Arizona, to talk about yeah. both things. Jed Fish. And the notice of allegations, the NOA, HBO, ESPN, the FBI, the NCAA, the CIA, and whoever else has been in on this (laughs) investigation, most of the acronyms have. We take a break. We come back with Dan Dickow about basketball tonight at Gill between the Beavers and Arizona on 1240 Joe Radio. When it comes to the biggest sports stories in the world, there's always one city it always revolves around. One city that people just can't stop talking about. That was taken from Corvallis. Wow, what a shot. Indeed, the new moniker for the city in the heart of the Willamette Valley, the center of the sports universe. Since Corvallis is the center of the sports universe, tune in to the premier sports radio station right here in the Mid-Willamette Valley. That's 1240 Joe Radio. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. 
Drum says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. This is Mike Parker for Even Flow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Even Flow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Even Flow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Even Flow Plumbing. Albany Rifle and Pistol Club offers a combined Oregon and Utah concealed carry class and a basic pistol class, both open to the public. When you complete the combined concealed carry class, ARPC will provide everything you need, including the photo and fingerprint cards that are required by Utah. The basic pistol class is designed for the new gun owner and will teach you how they work and how to use them. Class costs and schedules are on the calendar at ARPC.info. You'll also receive a coupon worth 25 bucks off a membership at Albany Rifle and Pistol Club, a safe and fun place to shoot. Hey, Beaver fans, football is back. Over the past several months, we all have come together to help each other in this COVID struggle. But would you know how to help a family member or a co-worker in the time of an emergency? Hi, I'm Todd Washington, owner of CPR Works where we teach people the skills to help someone in the time of an emergency. I am currently holding both virtual and in-person classes for CPR and first aid. For more information or to schedule a class, contact me at cpr-works.com. Go Beavs! We're back! Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, John Warren, great to have you with us. And a pleasure to welcome into the show a guy who will be working as uh, the analyst tonight alongside of Rich Burke, originally going to be Rich Waltz. Rich called away to something else, so we still have Rich Burke in the house, and I'm sure the two have worked together before. But we know that Dan Dickow will be present at Gill Coliseum to watch the Beavers and Arizona Wildcats. And it's a pleasure to welcome Dan to the Joe Beaver Show again. Dan, good morning. Thanks for making time for us. How are you today? Yeah, absolutely. Things are well. I'm uh, looking forward to being in in person in Gill Coliseum and calling the game. Dan, have you been busy uh, on a lot of games? Have you done some in person and some remotely? Uh, have you done enough games to have a feel for Oregon State, for Arizona? Have you seen them yet? I mean, what's your your work level so far in calling games either in person or remotely? Yeah, this will probably, honestly, this will be about my 20th game I've called this wow. season. I've had uh, eight Washington State games in person. I actually had the Oregon State call up there. Uh, where Washington State won that mm-hmm. one. I've had well, five or six Gonzaga home games that are regional. And then uh, for CBS Sports, I'm actually calling them from my house. Uh, tonight's game on Fox will be in person at Gill. So a little mix of the two. Uh, I like the fact that I'm able to do both. Um, I, I think as we move forward with college basketball and, and sports and broadcasting in general, 
Um, I think you're going to see a mix of the two. I think it will save some money for networks, but there's nothing to replicate being in the arena with fans in a big-time atmosphere in a big game. Have you had Arizona yet? Yeah, I had Arizona when they were at Washington State uh, about a week and a half ago in that double overtime game. Great game by all indications. And what did you see in Arizona? Big picture stuff, just as we, the Beavers, only have two days to get ready for them, full practices, as I'm sure Wayne Tinkle has conveyed to you. That's tough in itself. Arizona, having played more recently, getting swept at home by the L.A. schools. But when you saw them in that thrilling game in Pullman, what kind of team did you see? I know they're now down Jamal Baker, but what about this Arizona team? Well, I saw a resilient team. Um, They didn't shoot it great at all that night, but they made big plays down the stretch, uh, and they guarded, and they made things difficult for the Cougars down the stretch of the game as well. Uh, I think Akinjo... Um, he's not shooting great percentage numbers, uh, but he controls the game or he, he, he does a nice job uh, putting his input on the game, when to push in transition, when to set guys up. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a, a key for, for the Beavers tonight is can you, can you keep Akinjo uh, out of transition opportunities as well as in the half court keep him out of pain because he's pretty quick and he's pretty creative with the ball. Dan, what what's what kind of effect will it be without Baker? He's been listed out of the rest of the season with a broken wrist. How huge of of, uh, of a difference will it make? Well, I mean, obviously he's the second leading scorer on the season. He's had some big games: thirty three against NAU, twenty nine I think it was against Stanford. But then he's also had some uh, some games of, of two and six points, I believe. So he is a little inconsistent but he's a big-time scoring threat, especially a shooter from the perimeter. Uh, What I think you're going to see is, is, you know, Ben Mathurin and Dallin Terry, two freshmen for Arizona, starting to get a bigger opportunity. And of those two, I really like Mathurin. He had a career high at Wazoo. I think it was 25. Uh, He can shoot it well enough from the perimeter, the three-point line to keep you, you know, honest. But I think he's a great slasher and really good in transition for a young player. Dan Dickow, a former Portland Trailblazer, joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. A couple of different stops with the Blazers along the way. And also someone that, Dan, when it was a little less common, you transferred. It is so common now when you were playing your collegiate ball to go from Washington to Gonzaga. What do you make of the climate as we look at Arizona's roster and not only the, I mean, some transfers, but also an international flavor to the roster, what Sean Miller is doing and trying to replace a lot of talent and even with a cloud of the investigation over the program has still found a way to build a roster. But the transfer portals become a huge part of that. What was the climate like to transfer for you 20 years ago when you left one school to go to another? Yeah, it was a, it was a hard decision to make, to be honest with you, uh, because not very many people were doing it. But I also knew it was uh, an important decision for me in my career, and, and I needed to make it if I wanted to, you know, have a chance to extend my career and achieve kind of what I wanted to do personally, basketball-wise, as well as be a part of a, a program uh, like Don Zaga was that was up and coming at the time. So, you know, it was a hard decision, but it was also easy at the same time. It was something that wasn't uh, very uh, normal either. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, hey. Unfortunately, a kid is maybe feels he's slighted with playing time, or uh, you know he gets you know 
something happens too many times these days. It's just they go for the easy fix and they, they transfer without looking big picture that things aren't always easy, whether it's in, in athletics or in sports. You kind of have to work through some different things, and you work through them, and then you have success. Uh, that success becomes that much sweeter. But uh, I, I think, you know, it's uh, kind of a replication of the youth sports in AAU and high school now that, hey, things aren't going right away. It's the coach's fault or it's the teammate's fault. I'm going to transfer. And, and I don't like it, but at the same time, it is what it is. And if you're a coach at the college level, you've got to have an eye at all times on the transfer portal and see that, hey, maybe this guy, we did start to recruit him years ago, but we backed off for whatever reason. He's available now. Uh, will he fit what we're doing? Has he improved? Um, what was the reason behind the transfer? And I think you're seeing that the best programs are, are doing a nice job of blending the right transfers. Um, in, in regards to what you're mentioning with, with Arizona, they got a couple good ones. Akinjo, who, you know, people said some negative things about him or his game at Georgetown. Well, it worked out pretty well at Arizona for him. Same with Jamal Baker before he got hurt. Terrell Brown Jr., the kid from Seattle U. Uh, he's been a great grad transfer addition. Um, so it's worked for them. But then I, I think with the international route that they've taken with a lot of their freshmen, quite frankly, I think it's because of that cloud over the program, the mm-hmm. NCAA investigation, there was probably a lot of negative talk from other competing schools and recruiting kids that saying, well, hey, you don't know, Arizona might be, you know, going on big probation. And so they had to get creative, I'm sure, and look at different opportunities and ways. And they decided, I think, without 100% firsthand knowledge, I think it looks like they went the Euro route. Dan, do you, you your work calls for you to analyze the game tonight that you and Rich will call on FS1, not necessarily to dive deep into the probe and the allegations and so on, but do you have a sense in what you know and what you've read and heard that some dire consequences could be coming? But here we've been hearing that for several years now. Here's Sean Miller in his 12th year, still coaching him up. Do you have a sense of where this is all going? You know, I don't. I don't have any more information in regards to that program other than, you know, what I could read on uh, online or with an occasional conversation with an insider. Um, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with, you know, my role as an analyst. I'm there to call the game. Um, you know, I don't, you know, kind of try. I'm not the columnist that's trying mm-hmm. to dig and fish out information. Um, you know, but at the same time, Arizona is not the only program that has that cloud around them over the last couple of years. Uh, I wish the NCA, with whatever decision they were going to make in regards to Arizona or any of these other programs, would just make the decision much quicker. You saw with uh, the, the likeness um, uh, mm-hmm. appeal or the likeness uh, opportunity to, to pass for kids to make a couple dollars on their likeness you know, they're going to delay the vote. I mean, the NCAA is so slow in changing anything or making a decision on anything when it's, an important, when it's important. But when, you know, there's some little things that don't make a lot of sense, they'll make a, a decision pretty quickly. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And um, it, it's got to be an interesting and, and frustrating time for Sean Miller and his program because, you know, they're kind of hanging out in limbo trying to figure out how they need to recruit, how they need to uh, approach the, the the things moving forward the program, and then all of a sudden, you know, the school drops the, the one-year postseason ban. And, you know, as a basketball fan, liking Pac-12 basketball, you hope that that's all there is. The NCAA doesn't come down too harder. But I don't have any insider information as far as, 
if they're going to have more than just that. Dan Dickow joining us. Dan, there's so many things that we could talk about with you. Your own career is interesting to us. You used the phrase when you transferred to Gonzaga that it was uncommon then to make that kind of move, but you did so because you, you really took a long, hard look, and you said, quote, an up-and-coming program. <laughs> now, when you made the move, with due respect to your vision for the long-range future of the program you were transferring into, when you did that, when you made the choice to go play for Dan Munson and then sat out that year and then ended up playing for Coach Few in those first two seasons, did you have a sense, could you see some special things going on that we've seen come to fruition the rest of this uh, millennium? Well, I mean, I, I always, I, I knew that at the time that I was making the right decision. Uh, and I knew if I worked hard, uh, I was going to have a chance to maximize my opportunities as a player because of how hard I worked. Um, and, and I thought there was some pieces there that could have continued success. But to think that, you know, 22 years later, or uh, whatever it is, that Gonzaga is not going to have this in NCAA tournament. They're going to have been ranked number one for uh, on multiple occasions, including this year, the preseason one. Uh, they were going to be a one seed. They were going to make a final four. Uh, they're going to have a legitimate chance to be in a conversation as they did in 2017 and as well as this year to have an undefeated season. No. And, and I think if I told you that, I thought that I, that would be lying. And but, you know, to be a, a, a foundational pieces of that program brings a lot of pride for me and I know it does for a lot of other guys who are part of that early stretch. So Dan, to follow up that answer and Mike's question, now that you've been around for a while, you've covered so many teams, played in the NBA, seen it all, and I don't think it's cliche to ask this question even though many people ponder it. What's the formula? What's a short answer for what the formula is for the success? Is it just one, two words, Mark Few, or is it more than just that? It's more than that, but it, it definitely starts with Coach Few. I, I think a couple, if you just want to throw a couple words out there, um, yeah, everybody uses the word culture. So that's obviously there's a part of that, but it's competitiveness, selflessness, and uh, you know, I, I think another word would be putting the team first while you continue to develop your own talent. Um, because if you look at this year's team, Jalen Suggs is, you know, he, he could have been, you know, at any program in the country. And as a freshman, he probably could be averaging 20.78 assists a game. But he's blended in uh, perfectly as a big-time freshman uh, into the program. He's elevated Corey Kispert's game. He's elevated Timmy's game. Uh, I think, you know, selflessness, competitiveness, and, and willing to, you know, put the team first while you're still working on your own skills is a big part of it. Would Mark Few not take a five-star guy if he didn't fit into the culture? Would he take them? No, would he not take them? Would he let them go if they were great? I mean, like one of the best in the country, but they didn't quite fit into the culture. Oh, without a doubt. He's done that multiple times. There's, you know, um, without naming names over the last 10 years, uh, there's been plenty of guys in the Northwest that uh, fit that description that he hasn't recruited and he hasn't wanted to recruit uh, because they don't fit, you know, the recipe of, of how they would fit into Gonzaga's program. Um, and I think that's something that, that you know, a, a lot of programs will take a flyer and say, hey, I think we can get this guy to fit. 
Um, you know, but at the same time, if you're doing it once, you might do it a second or third time, and then you 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 know maybe have some setbacks. And you got to start from scratch again, and um, that's one thing that Coach Fee won't budge on is character and you know willingness to kind of blend into what has already been built and what's continuing to be built. Dan Dickow with us for just a few more minutes. He'll work the game tonight on FS1 with Rich Burke, the Beavers in Arizona. Dan, what do you make of, of the Beavers, who also, and Coach Tinkle, working the transfer portal pretty well, in my view, bringing in Maurice Kalou, Warith Alatiche. Those two have been impact players. What else do you see going on with the Beavers with respect to what you saw in Pullman and the other games you've watched? Yeah, I really like uh, Alatiche and Kalu. Uh, I think uh, they're nice pieces that uh, they got on the transfer wire. Um, and don't forget, they lost a ton with Trace. I mean, yeah. you can look at the statistics um, and know that he was a good player, but every team was focused on taking him away, yet he still provided those numbers, mm-hmm. which is, you know, uh, shows you the value and the importance in, in the, how good he was. Uh, Ethan Thompson, I think, you know, He's now getting the brunt of opponents' focus, and, and he's been a little inconsistent. Um, but at the same time, you know, for them to be good in Pac-12, he's going to have to continue to, to step up his play. Uh, I really like his skill set. But I think the other one to look at is uh, Jared Lucas. Mm-hmm. You know, the last few games, he shot it really well. Um, but he, he's balancing, I, I think, being a point guard and having some responsibilities as that point guard with being a two because he plays a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I think that's the guy that's really going to kind of dictate dictate if uh, Oregon State maybe exceeds some expectations. And that would be, I think, you know, even with Arizona in its current state, still a highly talented team with some high-level recruits. For the Beavers to win tonight, what what do you think needs to happen based on what you've seen since you've seen both teams? What how can the Beavers win this game tonight? They've had some big wins over Arizona through the years. This wouldn't be as momentous, but it would be quote an upset. It would. So what do you think to to pull that off? What's got to happen for Oregon State? Well, I don't think you can turn the ball over and let Arizona get out in transition. Uh, they are very good in transition, so I think that's one key. And then I think. Uh, They've got to do a great job on the glass. Arizona's got some size, some length on the interior with uh, Brown and with Coloco, and uh, Oregon State's going to have to compete um, on the glass. Did you see? And I, you know, I know you did. But Arizona has not been out rebounded in a game this year and had a plus twenty eight margin against Washington. I mean, those are unheard of kind of numbers. What is it that they do? Why are they so skilled in that area? Well, I think a big part of it is uh, they, they're a physical team. They've always been that way under Sean Miller. Um, and when you get the reputation as being a physical team, uh, you're the one who typically is setting the tone that night, and officials will let you get away with a few more things because that's your, your kind of imprint that people know about you guys. Um, so they're very physical. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, they don't really play zone. Um, and so it's, I think it's always easier to block out and rebound out of man. And they've got good athletes. They've got guys that are drilled on, hey, we've got to block out, we've got to rebound. Um, and, and so I think it's just a big part of, of their philosophy and how they want to play. Speaking of philosophy and how you want to play, those first two years in, in uh, Spokane and Gonzaga, Dan, uh, 
the coach few you see now and the teams you had, the team you played for in his foundational years, how do they look now compared to how you guys played? Are there a lot of similarities, or has he evolved a great deal? Oh, he's, he's evolved immensely. Um, you know, I think the biggest which he has continued is his uh, positiveness towards guys. And if you earn his confidence and his trust, you get a green light. Um, and he, he empowers you to play with a lot of, uh, of what I call attack mode. Like, uh, he wants you to attack. He doesn't care. If you make a mistake, so what? Make up for it on the other end. Don't draft your head and, and let that compound into two mistakes. He has that, and, and he's got a great pulse and feel for, for when to push guys and when to kind of let them play through things and when to fit them. Um, but offensively, we, we ran a lot of motion stuff. Uh, we ran a lot of flex still at the time, which, um, quite frankly, they don't really do anymore. Now they're running a lot of continuity ball screens. Uh, because of guys, they're, they're back to playing motion, but it's a different motion then when I, all those years ago, it was kind of set. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get something off a quick hitter, we're into motion, down screens, flares, etc. Now, because they got guys that are so smart, high IQ, one through five, and then you bring guys off the bench that can play the same way, you know, there's times where you'll watch, you know, a four or five minute stretch. There hasn't been a single play call. They're mm-hmm. just playing mm-hmm. with kind of a flow to them that's really fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And Dan, you, you said something, this will be the last thing, because and it's a big subject, and I know we can't do it justice in a final answer, and we appreciate your time today. But you talked about Coach Few's feel, and that is the one thing, and about how, where and how to push guys feel for that. Analytics can't quite cover that part of the game, can it? As much as we numbers crunch and have analytics, the great ones rise above it, or are there things that I don't think are analytically based? And his feel, I think, would be one of the things that analytics can't quite account for. Is that accurate or not? 100%. You know, when uh, the year I spent with the Blazers uh, in coaching and in the front office, you know, uh, Chad Buchanan, you know, his big thing to me was always, there's three facets we have to look at, eyes, ears, and numbers. Um, what, what are your eyes telling you based on what you know of the game or what you see? Uh, what, are the, what are your ears telling you when you go talk to somebody or ask, do they have, are they a great teammate? Are, are, are they a good student if you're trying to get them into school? Um, is it someone you want to be around daily in a practice setting? Uh, and then numbers obviously has become bigger over the last 10, 12 years with all this efficiencies and the Ken Palms, which I, I, I value it. I think there's a lot to be to be looked at with that, but it can't become your sole um, tool. You kind of have to have a nice blend of the three. Dan, it's great to talk to you again. Thank you for always making time for us when you work a Beaver game. Have a great call tonight on FS1 and hope to say hello to you when we all get to Gill. The few of us that get to be there, it's an honor, I know, to get to be in a building and call a game. So thank you for sharing your time with us again on the Joe Beaver Show. Absolutely. Thanks, and take care. Thanks, Dan. Dan Dickow, former Brush Prairie basketball star, Washington basketball player, and transferred. I remember it was a big deal and controversial. What year was that? I think it was after the 98-99 season with Bob Bender. He took her her east to Gonzaga. Had to sit out a year, the 99-2000 breakthrough year for Dan Munson. And then Munson leaves and Mark Few 
succeeds, and he played the first two years for Coach Few in the, the beginnings of the glory of that program. I went, I went to high school with a gal whose son played football at Washington and basketball, but when basketball, I think it was his last year of eligibility, came up, he transferred and played at Gonzaga. Hmm. And because uh, it's not her, her maiden name, it's who I went to school with, I, I don't remember the kid's name. Let's take a break, and maybe it'll all come to you. As Greg Hansen came to me, <laughs> as Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers came to you, and you ask, is he still doing anything? And only because of my kids, my daughter and her boyfriend's love for Star Wars, I question, the Mandalorian, I can answer that, the Mandalorian. Carl, Carl Weathers? Weathers? Yeah, and he's, he's good in it. He's Kim good. loves that show, I'll have to ask him. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Apollo Creed, he's in it. Really? Yes, he is. Are you sure that's not Billy D. Williams? No, no, no. It's Carl Weathers. Billy the, D. Williams was the one in Star Wars. Uh, well, I know, but Carl Weathers is is uh, he ends up being a guy you don't like real well, and he you, you kind of come he comes around to the right side of things. Don't tell Carl me. Carl Weathers, that. Tell the me Mandalorian. He's he's still at work at seventy three. Back after this on twelve forty Joe Radio. Have you tried to sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Garrity's Cash for Campers program will beat any offer for your RV or we'll give you $500. This is Shannon Nil with Garrity RV Supercenters in Junction City. Now's a great time to sell or consign your travel trailer, fifth wheel, or motorhome so you can upgrade to a newer model that better fits your lifestyle. We've bought hundreds of RVs for cash and you can be next. Safe vacations and escapes are now more important than ever. So make sure your RV is ready to maximize your fun and enjoyment. It starts by selling your current RV and we'll give you $500 if Gary can't beat any other Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. We'll even pay off your existing loan in a hassle-free transaction when we buy your RV. Visit Garrity.com to learn more about Cash for Campers. We don't just sell fun, we guarantee it. Offer not available to commercial parties. Subject to change without notice. See dealer for details. Learn more at Guarantee.com. Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your tax and wealth management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kids' college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and wealth management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, tax and wealth management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com or call 541-753-4180 to get in the game. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm Sam Nessline, your local Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help you stay on track. Call me today, 541-753-4665. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Angry Beaver Grill is open for covered and heated outdoor dining as well as dinner-to-go orders Tuesday through Sunday. Get the favorites including Angry Beaver's Reuben and French Dip Sandwiches, Burgers, Tacos, and the Gables Recipe Chicken Bisque Soup and Garlic Croutons. And don't miss Angry Beaver's Friday and Saturday night famous Gables Smoked Ribeye Steak Dinner Special. Angry Beaver Grill open Tuesday through Sunday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. for covered and heated outdoor dining in the back of the restaurant. And for carryout on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Angry Beaver, thank you for your support. 
Hey, Beaver Nation, this is Mike Parker. I want to talk about my experience at the Barbers in Corvallis. Rachel at the Barbers has been cutting what hair I have for many years. Not only do I get a great haircut, but also a hot leather neck shave, a shampoo and scalp massage, a soothing neck and shoulder massage, free popcorn and soda, a TV at every station to watch all the games. Discover for yourself why over 2,000 guys a month go to the Barbers. Check them out on 9th Street in Corvallis, the Barbers, where I go and guys go for great cuts. We set them up, you knock them down. Island Bowl, family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Bowl. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Highland Bowl. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl, North 9th Street, Corvallis. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis really is pizza for all. Whether you're thinking meat mania, vegan victory, vegetarian virtuousness, or whatever you want to name your pizza, Woodstock's Pizza has it. They have over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, four different crust options, including cauliflower and gluten-free, and cheese choices that include vegan and dairy-free. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis really is pizza for all. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Our thanks to Dan Dickow for joining us here in this first hour of the Joe Beaver Show. The University Honda text line is always open. I love that. 24 hours a day, in fact. And uh, Mike in Seattle giving me a a weather report this morning on uh, the University Honda text line and getting ready for pickleball. 541-497-5356. Arizona tonight, Mike. I have a couple of observations about this team I want to get to, but I have a quick question, too. As you two were talking and, 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 and Dan was delving into analytics, did he talk more about analytics the last time we had him on? I think we, we got into more of it in that conversation. The last today. time, yes, yeah. and not much this time yeah. around. I was asking him simply about his, throw, not throwaway comment, but about Mark Few and the thing that is the, the common denominator in their great rise is Coach Few and his, and one of the words he used was feel. Yeah. It's a, it's an ambiguous word. What, what, how do you define that? How do you quantify it? I, I don't know. Well, it's a Pat human Casey thing. Casey had yeah. the best feel and sense of touch of, of almost any coach I've ever been around. It's a, it's like, you know, us trying to to determine if we like someone or not. If we like a, a guy or, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hang out with that person mm-hmm. or see him again or talk more with them, whatever, versus that guy rubs me the wrong way. And, uh, you know, I imagine that, you know, a coach bringing in a player would have the same, the same kind of uh, prejudices is the right word because you're trying to see if someone will fit into your program. Arizona, I have never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Now you'll you'll see this on occasion in women's basketball. Women's basketball and you know, men, women, you can do this in sports. It's not a sexist thing. I think in, in women in the women's game, they do foreign they bring over foreign players more often than the men do. Now I know that the early the, the some of the the years passed in the West Coast conference, there were some coaches who uh, had pipelines to Australia and whatnot. But listen to this, Michael. Yes. Uh, Sean Miller this year on this year's roster has uh, a player from Montreal, Paris, France, Istanbul, Turkey, two players from Lithuania, and they're both from Vilnius. 
don't know if they have the same name. Yeah, they do. So they're 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 brothers. Okay. Um, Tartu, Estonia. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where that is. Cameroon, and then a couple of high school kids out of uh, Scottsdale and Tucson, just and a few Californians, but. That is the most international and roster. Canada, too. Yeah, I mentioned place. Canada. Oh, you mentioned Montreal. That's yeah, I've, right. ne- yeah. I've never... Yep. Uh, that is the most international roster I think I've ever seen on any men's squad. And some of the these places like Istanbul and uh, Turkey and Estonia. I mean, you got to go far and wide. Now, I'm sure they, they saw them at a tournament somewhere. But that's amazing to me uh, at any program in the conference. But... You know, Sean Miller, he must be a great, great recruiter to find these guys. And I imagine that they're very, very good. Well, a great recruiter, but also recruiting, in a sense, John, out of the necessity that Dan Dickow did allude to, that we touched on with Dan, and that is the cloud. The cloud over the program. Not to say that... You know, I mean, in our world, I'm sure that the players from Lithuania and Estonia and Cameroon and Turkey and so on would uh, have some sense of, well, hey, Arizona may have a little bit of trouble uh, coming to their program. Yeah, but on the other hand, if there is, you know, the specter of the investigation around this program, it, it makes some sense. You know, you're saying he's a great recruiter. Yeah, he is. Sean has brought in some tremendous players. Now, how that's always gone down and how they end up at Tucson, that's what the whole <laughs> HBO, FBI, ESPN, uh, NCAA investigations and reporting yeah. has been all about. That, But that's aside from what you're talking about well, in building a roster going to Europe to do it. But as Dick Howe said, part of, part of the motivation to go find great players over there is to almost get out of this hover, this climate here, the heat that all of us are in our world day to day, week to week, Arizona basketball, FBI investigation. It yeah, may not yeah. be as top of mind for some of the players who are making the decision to come over here and play from Lithuania. That may not bother them quite so much. No, no, but I guess what I'm saying, what I'm saying is more on the side of it's so unusual to hear of anybody from Turkey, from Turkey yeah. or Estonia. Okay, now mm-hmm. follow me on this thread here. That if they are from Turkey, they must be really good because you don't see that many players from Turkey playing collegiate basketball. Now, Arizona's going to go for only four- and five-star guys, right? If they have to dip down to three, they're in trouble. So they're going for four- and five-star guys. Well, wouldn't one think that if there's a star, a really good player out of, out of Estonia, mm-hmm. all the Blue Bloods will be after them. Okay, so... Now, make that four times. Guy from Estonia, two guys from Lithuania, um, Turkey, Cameroon. Well, those guys, under the Arizona model of four and five stars, would be sought after by Duke and all the other blue bloods. So he did a really good job of getting those one individuals from that, that country that we don't see players from to all decide, four or five guys all to decide to go to Arizona when they would be so, there's so few of them. In other words, if there's a pool of of just absolute diamonds, and you've got say ten blue bloods, not even that, five blue bloods. After all of them, he got them all. That's amazing. Out of necessity, you're right. I got you, but driven to the far corners, so to speak. Yeah. And he had he has a guy on his staff named Jack Murphy. 
a former Lute Olson assistant, the late Lute Olson. He was a former head coach at Northern Arizona and has, he's forged, Jack Murphy has, he's the key guy to the connections to all of these teams internationally. John, let's take, who is it? We got somebody that'll wait. Paul will wait. We'll take a quick break to wrap up the first hour. Paul, hang on. We'll come back. We got a little behind with Dan Dickow. So we'll come back to Paul on the Downward Dog Sports Line next. Middleton Heating has been here helping you for over 71 years, 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. Heating unit troubling you? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. Don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at Middleton Heating. Heating.net. Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your tax and wealth management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kids' college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and wealth management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, tax and wealth management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com or call 541-753-4180. To get in the game. Tick Liquor Firearms in South Corvallis and Salem is open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. At Tick Liquor Firearms, find guns, outdoor gear, guns, ammo, and more guns. Buy, sell, or trade new and used. Tick Liquor also offers consignment and layaway options. Also, ask about their monthly CHL classes. Come check out Tick Liquor Firearms on Southwest 3rd and Corvallis and on Southeast Commercial in Salem. View their inventory and shop online at ticklickerfirearms.com. I'll try and think of it the if I can. Thing? Perfection, yeah, nice. something along the lines. And then Jason, our, our boss, told me the same thing, too. He said it's a quote that's been around for a long time. Okay. Something along the lines of good... Um, um, Perfection is the downfall of good. Striving to be perfect hurts you to be good because you'll strive to be perfect too much. And it was a really good podcast. The the corollary, though, to great uh, is the enemy of good. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Essentially. Yeah. That's what it was. But but people use that as motivation, though. To to say, hey, well, you want to be good? No, we want to be great. Well, I take it as you strive to be absolutely perfect, and the number of times you'll fail trying that might be the enemy of just being really good. Let's go to Paul on the Downward Dog Sports Line on Monroe. Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, you mentioned my name. I misdirected you the wrong way. (laughs) I never said Paul, but, uh, (laughs) you know, you you drew that, Paul. It's the shoe. Well, yeah, I mean, years past, for sure, I was a little contemplational, so to speak. <laughs> no, no, not you. <laughs> so what's on Thanks, your mind? Uh, well, I'm I'm interested to see how uh, the time off that they've been touting was so good for our the Oregon State. I'm just excited to see what it uh, provides for us tonight in the way of a win. It's going to be tough. I'll just tell you up front, no matter what, even if you had you know, no time off at all, if you'd never hit the pause button, this Arizona team is, they're good. I mean, they're not, they're not built like any other Arizona team Sean Miller has had, as we just talked about the roster construction. But he Miller's found through with Coach Murphy and others some really skilled 
athletic players. Plus, he's got some transfers and a, couple, a high school kid, at least one that was a four-star recruit out of the Phoenix area. So they're going to be tough to beat Paul under the best of circumstances. And I think after just a day and a half of practice, it's going to make it even harder. But... You know, the Beavers uh, have some intriguing pieces on their own right, and I agree with you. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're able to play tonight and function tonight against a very good team. And I wonder how they communicate on that team. What what language are they speaking? <laughs> that's a, I, I hadn't even yeah. thought about that. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought that's about that. Good question. That. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, just think about that. Yep. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for the call. Paul Paul opened uh, with a almost an assertion that we're hearing about this being really good. They got a big break. It's not. Guys have been sick. And coming back from from that, as Wayne talked about two days ago in his press conference, they have only essentially gotten one and a half practices, Mike, right. because he mentioned one practice being like a walkthrough in football. You're just kind of going through the motions and, and uh but it counts as a second practice, and according to the Pac-12, I guess, you have to have two practices be- between stoppage and playing mm-hmm. a game, and they barely got it in. And uh, some guys may be coming back. I mean, think about it. When's the last, you know, you, you come back from even just a cold. Just because you're oh, yeah. back doesn't mean yeah. you're back. Right. Your, your body the conditioning, needs to, you know, yeah. the conditioning and after the time off and, mm-hmm. and the uncertainties around all of this, I suspect... And I have to leave. I, you're, we're producing the show on the air as we always do. Uh, I shall be leaving you early today, John, because of the time frame required for my pregame interviews. I'll be out of here probably after twelve thirty-five ish, right around. I gotta go. And you're just now telling me. This. I am just now telling you because there has been <laughs> no other opportunity. There really hasn't uh-huh. since you and I were on a Zoom call together about baseball. That's right. And let's close That's on right. that. It, a lot of information in that baseball Zoom call I found interesting, John. And and we don't have a schedule yet. We don't know when we'll have a schedule. We don't know whether it will follow the SEC model of 56 games. My sense is that's the hope. Yeah. yeah the hope to be able to, to announce a full schedule. But we don't know when no, and that's going to happen. I liked what uh, Zach said, and he said, we're not hiding anything. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not done because there's too many unanswered questions. It does sound as though, even though we're not completely settled, it sounds like we mostly are in terms of traveling. If the Beavers open the season on the road or whenever they play on the road, it doesn't right now look as though we're, you, me, or anyone will travel and nope. call the games in person. Nope. Right now it doesn't appear as though that, that we will. So that means relying on a some sort of, some version of a live stream visual, mm-hmm. live stats, uh, a stats feed that keeps us all. I think many fans use that during the course of a game to stay apprised of what's happening within a game. We'll talk more about it next time. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. Investors are giving stock of Petco a nice welcome today on Wall Street for its IPO shares of the pet supply retailer were priced at $18 and are currently trading at about $29.5. That's a premium of 64% to the offering price. Petco trades on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol WOOF, W-O-O-F. Overall stocks are just slightly higher today. The Dow Industrials are up 44 points. The NASDAQ Composite ahead by 38. The S&P 500 up just two points. U.S. 
crude oil prices rebounded today. February crude up one and a quarter percent to settle at 53.57 a barrel. Insects are inching their way to becoming a menu item on European dining tables after food safety regulators approved mealworms as safe for human consumption. The announcement means that grubs, actually beetle larvae, could soon be ground down and used as a protein-rich flour to make pasta and bread or consumed whole in stir-fries and other recipes. Bugs have long been a popular snack in parts of Asia and Latin America. Yummy. That's your money now. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-469-7272. That's 800-469-7272. 800-469-7272. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Hey, Beaver Nation, this is Mike Parker. I want to talk about my experience at the Barbers in Corvallis. Rachel at the Barbers has been cutting what hair I have for many years. Not only do I get a great haircut, but also a hot leather neck shave, a shampoo and scalp massage, a soothing neck and shoulder massage, free popcorn and soda, a TV at every station to watch all the games. Discover for yourself why over 2,000 guys a month go to the Barbers. Check them out on 9th Street in Corvallis, the Barbers, where I go and guys go for great cuts. Have you tried to sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Garrity's Cash for Campers program will beat any offer for your RV, or we'll give you $500. This is Shannon Nil with Garrity RV Supercenters in Junction City. Now's a great time to sell or consign your travel trailer, fifth wheel, or motorhome so you can upgrade to a newer model that better fits your lifestyle. We've bought hundreds of RVs for cash, and you can be next. Safe vacations and escapes are now more important than ever, so make sure your RV is ready to maximize your fun and enjoyment. It starts by selling your current RV, and we'll give you $500 if Gary can't beat any other Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. We'll even pay off your existing loan in a hassle-free transaction when we buy your RV. Visit Garrity.com to learn more about Cash for Campers. We don't just sell fun, we guarantee it. Offer not available to commercial parties. Subject to change without notice. See dealer for details. Learn more at Guarantee.com. Hi, I'm Matt Vaskersian with another little-known legend of sports. In golf, a hole-in-one is as much luck as it is skill. Just ask Harry Gonder and Jim Whalahan. In 1940, pro golfer Harry Gonder was desperate for a hole-in-one, so he camped out at a par-3 160-yard hole and fired tee shot after tee shot, determined to hit at least one ball into the cup. Well, 16 hours and over 1,800 shots later, Gonder's prize had eluded him. Now fast forward to 1992. A five-handicap weekend golfer named Jim Whalahan was playing on a course in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and managed to ace the par-3, 115-yard fourth hole with a 7-iron. Whalahan, delighted with his good fortune, decided to play another round, and amazingly, using the same ball and the same club, hit another hole-in-one on the same fourth hole just a few hours later. What had been so elusive to pro golfer Harry Gonder was almost becoming habit for amateur Jim Whalahan. I'm Matt Vaskersian. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. 
At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 6633 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 6633. Enjoy. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four. In these contentious times... Sir, you've asked a simple-minded question. I will give you an equally simple-minded answer. We invite you to escape for the next couple of hours into the world of The Joe Beaver Show. With your hosts, John Warren and Mike Parker, and occasionally, Doug Blair. All right, men, we're not here to sell lemonade, we're here to practice. No one breaks it down any better. Old Indian game. It's called, uh, put the ball in the hole. Uh, what are these little arrows? Let Joe Beaver be your guide into the bold new world of technology. Uh, radio. That's gonna break down a lot of walls. Yes. The door is wide open. Recreation time, gentlemen. So come on in. Be a part of the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the Beavers, 1240 Joe Radio. I want to go over things real quickly, real quickly. Is it possible to do it quickly? No, it isn't. But here it was. The four-team trade. I, there's a name in here that I've not really heard pronounced very often, but here we go. This was the four-team trade that the Blazers weren't involved with, but I heard a lot of chatter going into, you know, is James Harden going to be moved and people debating the merits of whether to bring in one of the, the top players, some would say, certainly in the modern era, but many consider him one of the great scorers in the history of the game. And I remember hearing arguments in Portland talk radio to the effect of if you have a, a guy has put you on his list of a place that he would approve a trade to, then you find a way to make the deal because he's a once-in-a-generation player. Most of the reaction I heard, John, to that was, eh, not us. We don't want him. We don't want James Harden. That's what Even I would say. Even as great as he is, why would you say it? Because... I don't want to see a team where a guy's launching 53s. <laughs> we already okay. get that. We get enough of that from Damian Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, there were a lot of reasons that Blazer fans and others said, eh, yeah, if you can make a trade for a transcendent player and it makes sense for you, do it. You know, but. Dwight and others said, I think, I can't remember all the writers generally were against the idea, even though Harden is, he's one of the great players of the modern era, and you had a chance to get him. And you chose not to. You chose to stay with your backcourt. Smart move. Not break up Dame and CJ. the other half of my thought, too, is that CJ McCall would be a huge loss. It would. You know, he'll give you a 40-point game now and then. He'll give you 30-point games, and he'll sustainly give you 20. And be a better team player. And and be a better team player. He's also coming out of the backcourt where there's a little more distributing rather than just me, 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 give me the ball. Right. So so if he's giving you 30, if he gets a 30, it had to have come within the framework of the offense. That's a good point. 
the big three now, people are arguing, is this the greatest trio? Where does this trio of big three players rank now in the history of the game with Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving? Romy said this today on his show, and I just wondered what kind of thoughts this would provoke in, in fans of the NBA over the years. Where would that trio, even though they haven't played a minute together yet, but right. in your just looking at it on paper, those three, what big three in the history of the great teams that you remember that when we followed the league more closely, I'll give me a trio, a big three of any other team that you can just say up front, even without seeing Harden, Durant, and Irving play a minute of hoop together, that you know would be greater than that trio. Oh, go. Uh, Parrish, McHale, and Bird. Okay, that's one. Is there another? Do you agree with that, though? I mean, do you think Parrish, McHale, and Bird, no matter what these three jokers do? To me, absolutely. Okay, anybody else? I want Junior over here to give an argument on that Is one. Is Junior but... here? Yeah. He's, oh, that's Josh. I didn't see well, Junior. It's, okay. it's not Matthew, but <laughs> Josh Warden. He can stand Josh in. Josh will jump in. Last night... Well, I heard today, speaking of not breaking up Dame and CJ, I heard an obscure stat, a couple of them. Yeah. I liked them both. They, yeah. they sound great. That Lillard last night, was it with 40, 13, yeah. and 0? 40, 13. The first player ever? 8 and 0. 40, eight 13, rebounds. 13 assists, 8 rebounds, and, and zero, 0 turnovers. Turnovers, first ever in the NBA. How how that's even I know. computed is amazing I know, to me. because you... I don't know, I even know how they looked that up. Our, our, Josh, how do the, do you know Josh Warden here working on stuff, and he'll be taking my place to talk about a little set two between yeah. Damian Lillard. Ears are always eyes open. <laughs> yeah. Damian doesn't miss a thing, and he didn't miss something Aaron Fentress tweeted. So you, he, you guys can break that down a little bit later. Sure. But Josh, do you know? I don't know how the systems work, mm-hmm. but for the for the NBA database or whatever to generate that out in right. that moment, 40, 13, 8, and 0 had never occurred in an NBA game before. How, how can that be pulled so quickly and easily? I think it's easier than you might think. Okay. Uh, I, and I don't know exactly what software or database they have. It's through Elias Sports Bureau or whatever it is, but... I'm sure that when they look at all the games they've got in the database, all the box scores they have, you can go into like basically what they would call a game finder tab in that software and say, find me all the games win, and then you put in the correlating data, all the games that qualify on these points. And you say, where an individual player scored 30 or more, you know, greater than 30 points, and you know, now bullet point number two, and where that player had eight or more rebounds or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, greater or minus or zero turnovers, maximum zero turnovers. And then it'll spit out all the games that have ever been played mm-hmm. with that, you know, box score, those qualifications. And I guess they did that and saw nobody had ever Nobody had it. ever had a game so, quite that so really, pristine. Yeah, and really, <laughs> I, I guess to answer your question, Mike, what we're talking about would be the modern-day version of Excel. Yeah. So someone actually sat down. And created what wouldn't, you're right, it wouldn't be that hard if you had every single number in a, in a, 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 mm-hmm. a logarithm, a, a program, that you could do that Just very plug thing. plug that in. And that doesn't seem like that would be that complicated of a program to sure. write. 
it's almost like Excel because I created an Excel program. I'm not kidding you. 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So that if a running back in one column, all I had to do was put in one number. This is so I could do my own stats on play by play. Mm -hmm. And I used all the different little cells on the Excel program. If a running back, I just had to put in seven yards and that would tell me his longest carry it would do all the calculations for hmm. total for the game and total oh, okay. for all that. And me, right. Mr. Right. Dummy, made an Excel program that could do that. So 25 years later, with people who aren't dumb like me, could make that program. <laughs> now, another one. That's a good one. 40, 13, 8, and 0. Yeah. Never been done before until Damien last night. Yeah. Nice, interesting game last night, by the way. You guys can talk about that later. I kind of checked in on it on radio here and there. Down 20, catch up, down 19, win. I mean, to make two comebacks like that is... That size, that's another stat. Can they look that up? That, that's sure really impressive. That's Com- impressive, right? I'll there. bet it's a not very often a, a team 19, gets yeah. down 20 and 19 and comes back and wins by, what, eight, seven or eight. To erase the 20... And then fall by 19 again and then come back and erase that and win. Yeah. That's impressive to me. And I heard Michael Holton and others in postgame talk saying, and it was predicated on the defensive end. So it does sound like, you know, however measurable it is, and we were wringing our hands a little earlier about you know, talking to Dwight, I believe, just because you bring in supposedly good defensive wing players in particular and Robert Wes Covington and Derek Jones Jr., that if the system isn't sound, then, yeah, they may have some athletic skill that will impact games and help on in weak side D and so yeah. on, but the system had better be sound to begin with or you're not going to – they're not going to help as much as they might in a system that was better to begin with defensively. Well, maybe things are beginning to come around. People were saying that's a small sample size. Don't get too worked up about the Blazers still being a poor defensive team. It sounds like maybe they're becoming a, a serviceable and maybe even at times good defensive team. Are you seeing that at all, Josh? I don't see them enough to have a feel for that yet. At times, yeah, but at times it's the same Still old bad. story. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of waiting it out to see which one plays out, but I have a feeling that it'll be small improvements but not as much as we might and, want. And the one thing that's interested me, I like the drama of things. You like the numbers. I like the drama. <laughs> Um, I've been listening to any pregame or any postgame audio that I get the next day for the Clue Morning mm-hmm. Update and this show and whatever to see how contentious uh, Terry Stotts can be <laughs> and if it ramps up over the course of the year because he started out a little hot. Yeah. And one, yeah. um, I don't know who she is, but one uh, writer or somebody said, these are all Zoom call press yeah. conferences. I actually like them because it brings in more people. She said, um, what do you think about your defense finally coming together finally. in the second half? The word finally. And I thought, oh, here we go. And he says, well, yeah. well I thought we did pretty well in the first yeah. half coming back from you know, 19 down, whatever, 20 down. And I thought, well, okay, he's not that contentious. But I could tell he, he wanted to battle and, yeah. and say, no, no, we did we did." better than that right. defensively before yeah, that. They gave up like 68 points in the first half, though. I mean, can <laughs> Which you really is probably what her? she was thinking. <laughs> yeah, and she's not so wrong. What, what happened, <laughs> right. The, the other number that I heard this morning, again, in these numbers that are rolled out, that our own, 
and they're still our own because they were not involved in the trade. And I want to, before we go to break, I, I want to enumerate the players involved and the draft picks involved in the four four-team trade yesterday, just because it'll take the rest of the segment <laughs> to get that all out in a moment. But the other number thrown out, the Damon CJ, have you heard this one, Josh? They are the first backcourt tandem in the history of the NBA to each have 300 points 11 games into a season. <laughs> That's how it's been measured. But no backcourt. West, Goodrich, yeah, who, whatever backcourt you can think of that were prolific together, Clay and Steph, have never each had 300 points as both Dame and CJ do 11 games into a season. First ever. Wow. <laughs> That's, yeah, amazing both for their playing and the stat. They even started doing this. It's amazing, those stats in general, but the rapidity of it to find it in a game because during the third I think it was third quarter early fourth quarter Jordan Kent on the NBC mm -hmm. Sports Northwest broadcast brought out a stat and specifically started talking about their statistician who's quote-unquote down in the basement of Moda Center plugging mm -hmm. away mashing the keyboard and giving them the stat and he named the guy and said and here's the stat this is the first time in C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard's career together where they both have 10 or more assists in the same game. Oh, my gosh. And That's they had never a nice done one. that before. Yeah. And that was in the game. That, yeah. was, that one's impressive how quick he brought right. it up. And honestly, if you think about it, Mike, now that we've kind of come to an agreement that they must, you know, clearly it's some not that long ago – the powers that be got really smart and said, we need to hire a guy, some a group of people, whatever, to make the program and then put all the stats in, even if they're just doing it uh, 24 hours a day. Get every stat you can into this algorithm. Now that they have that, then really it's just up to who can be more creative in thinking of what they want to look for. Because the question doesn't come in finding it. The computer does it like that. The question now is, who has the brain power to say, hmm, I'm interested in finding out when those two guys had 10 or more stats, yeah, right. uh, assists in the right. same game. And it does sound as though that Jordan or Lamar or whomever could even make that query on the air and the person in the Moda Center basement could go to work and give you the answer. Not unlike quickly. on TV broadcasts when an announcers are talking about a certain thing yeah, and right. then the camera, the, the, the director in the truck will say, hey, they're talking about so-and-so, find him, and then they go to yeah. they go to They him. do, or flash, yeah. or flash the number or stat right. or whatever right. it is that they're looking for because something will happen. And I'm sure it occurred to Jordan... If I didn't see the game, or I mean, I didn't see any of it, heard portions of it. Yeah. When whoever got, the, I assume CJ got his tenth assist after Damian had gotten his, or whatever the case, whoever got it, did did Jordan say out loud, "Wow, both guys with ten assists tonight"? Uh, I was coming out of something a like that where he said, the, "Yeah, this is the first time." Thing, okay. But it was pretty quick after. Something cool. I know what you're talking about. Something to prompt the guy right. in the basement to right. go. Oh, I'll yeah, look that up. Right. right. Exactly. Because right. everybody wants to impress everybody, so the guy in the basement wants to really come up with a stat yeah. that'll be cool. And and that is cool. And the Blazers, I I feel like over the years have always had really solid people. And Pat Lafferty himself was one of them. Pat was way ahead of the curve, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. I don't remember how in-depth or detailed these were, but when Pat was the television voice of the Blazers, 
One of the things that he brought to the table into the broadcast on a regular basis were some extra-layered statistical analysis that I don't know how well that was received. It's possible that working it alongside of Steve Jones and others in the broadcast at that time, maybe not always received as well as that kind of information is now. It's devoured now. There's an appetite for it now. And I think Pat was ahead of the curve in the sense of being a guy on a Blazer broadcast who he was doing the work himself. He would come into games with, Steve, when you look at the Blazers over the last 11 games and just have these really interesting, if you think, I think interesting and usually apropos analyses of why they'd had success in some games and others looking at it from a, a, an in-depth, not just rebounds, turnovers, assists, but going deeper Pat was doing that years ago on Blazer Telecast. I'm going to be leaving you shortly, Doc. We'll do a quick thing together after this break, and then definitely I'll be driving over to Gill to interview a couple of coaches and get ready for the Beavers in Arizona tonight. I'm interested in this set, too, between Damian and Aaron. What Aaron's tweet was that set Damian off, the very fact that Damian was aware of it, and responded to it, and maybe even motivated by it. The the great ones mm-hmm. will take anything. Yeah, and it sounds as though Damian and CJ together, still together after some trade rumors were swirling about the great combo. They're still together. The Blazers are playing some good hoop. That they went out last night and at least had a game together. That. You know, it made it look like, hey, the Blazers were wise to mm-hmm. not get into the hardened sweepstakes. But as we go to break, stay here if you can help with any of the particulars or pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Here it was, John, the four-team trade. And this will, it may take us to the end of the show at 1 o'clock. But here we go. The Houston Rockets trades James Harden, receives Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rudian's Karooks, did we say? Was that with Karooks? Yes. Rudian's Karooks. That's the one that stumbles me. Three Brooklyn first rounders 2022, 2024, 2026. One Milwaukee first rounder 2022 unprotected. And four. Brooklyn first round and four Brooklyn first round swaps 2021, 2023, 2025, 2027. The Brooklyn Nets trade Karis Levert, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, Rudians Karooks, three unprotected Brooklyn first rounders 22, 24, and 26, and four Brooklyn first round pick swaps 2021, 2023, 2025, 2027, and in exchange receives James Harden. The Indiana Pacers <laughs> trade Victor Oladipo, receive Karis LeVert and a late second-round pick from Cleveland's cash of second-round picks. And finally, the Cleveland Cavaliers trade Dante Exum, Milwaukee's unprotected 2022 first-rounder, and a late second-round pick and receives Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. That's a lot of stuff right there, John. That's one of the more complicated four-way trades I've ever heard of. I know, and I, I you know, there was a scene in Moneyball when uh, Billy Bean picks up the phone and he's working guys and he's yelling out to the secretary, <laughs> "Get Joe on the line, great, 
Get Steve on the line. He's on line three today. <laughs> well, you want him? No, you don't want him. I mean, I would have loved to have seen the war room for that. And which one of these GMs put it all together? Yeah. It's pretty impressive. That would have been interesting. That is impressive. How that all got done. did they have to put? Uh, what, you get who and what spreadsheet? And, wh- and I would think that one guy would almost have to orchestrate the whole thing so that it can benefit him because, it, well, yeah, but they need this. So that means he knows all about his own team, but he knows about three other yeah. teams. So for us in our world... Houston uh, getting back. They traded Harden and got all of that stuff we just mentioned back. For us in the lay world, it's James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets and uh, kind of uh, malingered his way out of Houston. You know, he just got a bad attitude. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Get me out of here. And now he's with the Nets and the trio question comes up. Big three. Now it's Irving Durant and Harden. Dave from Tumwater, bless his heart, wrote in Chamberlain, West, and Baylor. I think that is the greatest trio of talent ever on one floor, on one team. Chamberlain, West, and Baylor, but with with an asterisk. Oh, way better than your three. Oh, absolutely. I'm leaving you soon. I can't believe that. You submit to anybody. No. I'm taking the Lakers in that one. Yeah, you submit. Listen, submit now. We're talking. We've got to talk a little bit about prime. Mikhail, Parrish, and Bird functioning in their prime together were a greater trio than how West, Baylor, and Chamberlain functioned together in the short time they had together. I'll give you that. They did. I'll give you that. But in terms of sheer talent for a big trio in the history of the NBA, there has been no greater three than those three players when you look at them in their greatness in their prime, which they had maybe one year of that together. Chamberlain, Weston, Baylor are three of the transcendent players in the history of the game, and no other trio that can be named matches the productivity, the scoring, the rebounding, the assist-making the, in the history of the game than those three being teammates at the same time ever. I submit that, not humbly, I submit that forth, uh, forthrightly with belief that I'm right. That's because you're old and you remember yeah, those guys. And I remember <laughs> Boston, and he doesn't remember now, any Mikhail, of Mikhail, Parrish, and Bird function together better longer than the trio yeah, I give you. and gave you more but if you're the, a yeah, Celtic fan. Yeah, that's probably true, but the greater talent. Yeah, I, that, I won't yeah, argue okay. with that. Okay. Individual talent, but what you got out of it yeah, and yeah, how they did at the time. So, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. hurt. And, no, there's, if they were really, he had the knee injuries. They were better. Let's take a break, Doc. What about that? And Blazer fans, after all that, are you happy the Blazers stood pat, kept the group together, kept C.J. and Dame together? Or when you know Harden was being dangled, were you of the, hey, look, I don't care about this. He is one of the great players of the modern era, and he wants you. You should want him, and you should have made it happen. I think that's a... A, a minority voice in Blazer Nation, so to yeah, speak. But yeah. I did hear some say, you got to go get him if he wants you. Some did. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. We break. We come back. Uh, Josh will be in to break down Aaron Fentress versus Damian Lillard <laughs> shortly. And I'm looking forward to listening to it on 1240 Joe Radio. Are you already settling into the winter doldrums? Well, hold on to your hat. The Natty Dresser is holding a week-long grand reopening celebration January 11th through 16. We'll have games, prizes, raffles, in-store specials, live music, and so much more. All to celebrate our new location at the corner of 2nd and Broad Alban Street in the heart of historic downtown Albany. 
Check out our Facebook page for details. The Natty Dresser, purveyors of quality menswear. Dress well, be confident, find success. Oregon State appreciates the longtime support of great community partners, including Guarantee RV Supercenters. Gearney has been with Beaver Nation for over two decades. When you're shopping for a travel trailer, fifth wheel, or motorhome, support the dealer that supports our beavers. As an OSU graduate, I'm pleased to continue Gearney's 54-year tradition of big city selection and country savings. On behalf of Beaver Nation, thanks to Guarantee RV in Junction City. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, Corvallis Floor Covering would like to thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and looks forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Stop by and see Wendy, Robin, or Brian and check out their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood floorings, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. No big deal. No uh, big deal. Now this is, I, okay, now I have pause. Uh, uh-huh. That's why one should probably never be, you know. <laughs> it reminds me of Ted, Ted Danson and Cheers, Sam Malone. He wanted to be a sports talk show host. Played for the Red Sox. <laughs> He's. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I'm. Uh, an episode where well, I'm going to be a sports talk show host, and he was talked out of whatever. You got to have some opinions now, Sam. You can't just, you know, you've got to have a strong opinion. So he gave one, and then somebody called in and took, you know, they argued somebody else. Oh well, no, no, you're you're right about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. And people were chiding him for his, but. Seeing this after submitting Wilt, West, and Baylor, suddenly now, a trio Ooh. comprised of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I have a hard Magic time. Johnson, I and a, James Worthy, I have a really gives hard me time pause. arguing with that one. <laughs> Whoever that is, yes. uh, I, I It I does give me pause. And that trio, <laughs> it, though, more contemporary with yours. Yeah, right. But... A greater than Kareem Magic and Worthy, a greater trio than Parrish, McHale, yeah, and Bird. I have to championship agree. numbers and just yeah. overall play. And, so and even more fun to watch. They yeah. were so oh, good. Oh my gosh! Oh, they were so good. And then the, what about the modern day trio of Clay, oh, Steph, that's a, that's and Kevin Durant when they're all healthy and going? Right. Yeah, 
I mean, there isn't, I don't know of one better. I don't really know the league now like I did back then, but... But they, they had a run. They had a pretty good era, but yeah. I would still say less as great as that backcourt. Boy, you're right about the word. You know, I remember when Michael Thompson was on with us, and I used the phrase that just rankled him. And, you know, I, I was talking about his son, Clay, mm-hmm. you know, about being a Hall of Famer. Michael came on, visited with us about, mm-hmm. in fact, when Michael was on, I caught up with him in person in Pullman on the day of the coronation. Right, right. <laughs> the, a full house. Yeah, of- and he said, he said, I, I offered the, your son, you know, there's being spoken of in terms of the Hall of Fame, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And I said something to the effect of, you know, one of the greatest shooters of all time has become a great defender. And Michael took exception to that. To the he word said, He goes, Mike, yeah. He, <laughs> you, know, you and a lot of people, you know, you say has become. He always guarded the, the uh, growing up in, in travel ball and, yeah. a, you know, the young kids. He, he's always been a good defender. So didn't like the, the intimation that I was making and others have made about him through the years that he, quote, became a great defender. Michael has always felt that Clay was a great defender well, from day one, just even at Washington State. Protective and, dad coming out? I, no, you know what? I think I think he's right. Actually, I do think that I sold Clay a little bit short as a defender because he was so amazing at the other end. Well, he can't. There, there's no way he can be that good at the other end, too. Gary Payton is a guy that I've always felt and still believe mm-hmm. that is the greatest guard the conference has ever known. And I'm talking about the conference, PCC, AAWU, Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. Peyton is the greatest guard that's ever played in our league, whatever incarnation of the league, because of his ability at both ends. Nobody's matched it, in my opinion, in the history of our league. So Clay, not in the Gary Peyton class in this league, as a as a defender, as a shooter, better. Mm-hmm. But an overall score and basketball player, Peyton is still greater than. And Peyton's a Hall of Famer. Gary's a Hall of Famer. But the upshot from Michael is Clay's always been a good defender. And I I'd have to go back and study Washington State tapes. Certainly at Golden State, he's been he he has always been a good defender. I do think became a great defender though is not. Uh, it's not no i don't think that's too uh inappropriate of a phrase mm-hmm. i think he has become a great defender i'm not sure he was a great defender upon arriving at golden state a good one yes i think he and the system with kerr became a great defender well there that's a good example of another three at least for the yeah. modern era and um yeah, it's funny that he would be, he'd be well, become a good defender. Well, yeah. he's always been a right. good defender. Jim, by the way, sent in Kareem, Magic, and yeah. Worthy. Jim, That's Jim a, wins. D- yeah, thank you, Jim, for that. Although although I think mine, my three are pretty close. And then here, Dave from Tumwater, and here Dave writes back, and again, Dave, Dave has the advantage of of all of us, because he goes back a little bit further. He may remember Dolph Shays' game. You know, it's possible. Bob <laughs> Pettit. Sorry. Bob Pettit, too. 1950s. Yeah, I mean, that's... he may. He may. <sighs> but Dave submits, having seen him play a lot, 
that Baylor was better than James Worthy. I know that that may sound heretical to some people and people who haven't seen enough of Baylor, but people who haven't seen enough of players like Baylor and Oscar Robertson don't have, we don't have a full appreciation about how great they were. There weren't as many games on television, but those of us who did see them late, I saw Baylor late in his career well, and Oscar late in his, and yet the way others talked about both of them and some of the films and the clips that I've seen tell me that when Dave says Baylor was better than Worthy, that's not an outrageous statement. It's it's a matter no, of opinion, but, but, but he well could have been. But to, to ask a, the best trio... Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean across the board that guy's better than that guy, that guy's better than that guy, that right. guy's better than that guy. It's right. just the three, what they did, and how well they work together and, and championships. And here's another trio that's just been submitted, speaking of championships. The trio submitted Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. Another great one. It was a great three. Rodman was, in the sense, not pretty much two-dimensional. Rebounding and defense, and right. didn't do much at the other right. end. Whereas, when you think about Worthy, Magic, and Kareem, Clay, Steph, Durant, mm-hmm. Wilt, West, Baylor, Mikhail Parrish, and yeah, Bird. Parrish and Bird, I think gave you. I mean, Rodman was just a freakish rebounder and defender, part of an amazing trio. But I, I think the Jordan, Pip, and Rodman fall a little bit short. You could get of the other th- you some could of these get other trios. A lot of offense out of Robert Parrish. Yes, most mostly you were going to get defense, but you could get a lot of offense out of Robert Parrish, certainly out of Larry Bird, and then uh, McHale too, because they were all so long. Yep, and they were up. There was an up front trio, not a guard trio, mm-hmm. uh, or a right. guard and a forward. They were they were the front line, all mm-hmm. really long, getting big rebounds, yeah. and Bird was the guy that could of the three go outside and and hit shots. So. Um, I'm just trying to, as I go, as I uh, softly as I leave you, with less, I just, I feel Jim's, Jim's text on the University Honda text line just settled me, quieted me. You know, McMur- <laughs> McMurphy's upstairs, and he's as gentle as a lamb. It kept us from fighting. One of the saddest stories. Jim knew he needed to yeah, get Jim, in between us. Magic, worthy, Kareem. Settles me. Yet, I'm going to leave on this. Baylor was better than Worthy. I'm going to take Dave's account and agree that as great as Worthy was, Baylor was the greater overall player. So, with that, I leave. Well, okay. You're dropping a bomb and leaving. I mean, it's hard because I know Baylor. I know. You just have to see him, and it's from so long ago. <laughs> And what do you always say that people that say, well, that's not of my era and that's an excuse? Yeah, I do say that. And I, I'm becoming I'm coming around more and more to understanding what the phrase means, because well, when you say that was before my time. Right. Before you're my saying time. I didn't see Baylor in his prime. I didn't see Baylor in his prime. I did see him average 25 a game in the 68, 69 season when he and Weston Chamberlain were together, but that team only won 55 games in the regular season and did not win the NBA title. Well, I, I don't. I, I won't say it's before my time because guys who did greatness yeah. before my time did greatness, whether I was around or not. About to leave you with a phrase that I sent by Rich Burke earlier today. When I asked Rich, I said, Rich, I have two releases here. 
One says <laughs> Rich Waltz doing the play-by-play. One says Rich Burke doing the play-by-play. And then I put in parentheses with apologies to our friend Greg Crawford. Greg used to say, I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I'm going with Clyde Drexler as the, you know, the best player in yeah, the game yeah, right yeah. now. That we type of thing. always say, I don't, yeah, care, I don't care what, what anybody, anybody says. says. <laughs> was one of, my, one of his, his great <laughs> phrases. So I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I'm going with Elgin Baylor. And I'll see you, John. Have a good time with Josh. I look forward to hearing your breakdown of Aaron Ventress versus <laughs> Damian Lillard on 1240 Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. So if you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, Corvallis Floor Covering would like to thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and looks forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Stop by and see Wendy, Robin, or Brian and check out their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood floorings, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves. It's hard to find something for everyone except at Woodstock's Pizza. Woodstock's Pizza has pizza for all, starting with your choice of four different crust options, including cauliflower and gluten-free. Then choose from six different sauces, including vegan and dairy-free, plus your choice of over 35 fresh toppings. Then choose pickup or delivery. Notice how I keep saying choose and choice? That's because Woodstock's Pizza really is pizza for all. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Oregon State appreciates the longtime support of great community partners, including Guarantee RV Supercenters. Guarantee has been with Beaver Nation for over two decades. When you're shopping for a travel trailer, fifth wheel, or motorhome, support the dealer that supports our beavers. As an OSU graduate, I'm pleased to continue Guarantee's 54-year tradition of big city selection and country savings. On behalf of Beaver Nation, thanks to Guarantee RV in Junction City. After one or two drinks, my boyfriend can't stop drinking. You're listening to The Joe Beaver Show with Mike Parker and John Warren, who will remind you of the best interviewers with the best questions. Uh, remember when uh, you were in the, the Beatles and uh, you did that um, album, Abbey Road? You remember that? <laughs> yes. The Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, welcome back to the uh, the Joe Beaver Show, John, and and now uh, uh, Josh Warden. Uh, welcome, young Joshua. Well, thank you. Yes, thanks for thanks for having me. Always good to uh, be on the air at the same time. We see each other in the hallway often enough. Uh, what is your latest uh, um, addition to the Beaver Tales podcast? 
Well, um, a lot of baseball stuff. Still planning on rolling out the whole documentary in a couple of months. Uh, Jake Rodriguez came on uh, the podcast, and uh, today, uh, just today's episode is Danae Phillips Stanfield. Okay. If you remember her from the late '90s, she scored a perfect ten. Not very many people can do that on in the gymnastics apparatus? world. On the uneven bars. Wow, a perfect ten. I mean, we're, that that went when uh, Caitlin Ohashi uh-huh. did that for UCLA. I mean, sure, it was a, a special ten because she had a lot of flair in her floor routine. But that that ten went viral. I mean, everybody was talking about when that. When you when you get a hold of the older athletes, I mean, we're talking people who are probably in their fifties <laughs> and with with maybe grandkids if they're in their sixty, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do they ever give you the, me? What do you want to talk to me for? All the time. All the time. Because I think time time tends to kind of rub away, like sand away mm-hmm. a lot of the fame. And, and yeah. the older you get, only the most famous of people continue to be famous unless they are continuing to do the thing that they're famous for. Well, and then only the most, you know, person you don't want to interview keeps that thought that they're the greatest right. in the world. Exactly. In other words, time brings humility. Yeah, I think so. And and you the more the fewer times you have people saying, Oh, are you that guy? Are yeah, you that girl? Oh, you were so great, I right. loved you. And so it's pretty common for people to either even if they did have a big head to start to realize okay i'm not all that or especially for the ones who (laughs) never were big-headed about it even more so say like yeah this isn't my thing i've I've moved on and so a lot of times i'll hear them say oh really oh wow yeah i didn't even think so and i was like you were one of the great athletes (laughs) of your time of course i want to talk to you but that's good all right well we were talking about uh, great trios in the nba while Mike was leaving during the break, Dave called in. I imagine you want to uh, expand on this thought, Dave, from Tumwater? I do, John. But first, let me say that James Harden, for his time, is kind of the tiny Archibald or Calvin Murphy, maybe even the Allen Iverson of earlier eras. Puts up a lot of points, a little sketchy on defense. Uh, great player, but he's uh, he's not the, the transformative talent. Uh, he'll do well uh, teamed up with Durant. Irving's probably on his way out. I mean, I really doubt the three of them will last the whole season together. But that's that's a digression. Uh, uh, in fact, by the way, did Iverson Josh ever win a title, or did he just come close a lot of, a lot of times? I know I can put that question out. And Josh can find the answer in less than it takes for me to finish the question. <laughs> you're talking but, about AI? Is that what you're talking I missed the first part of what you said. Alvin, uh, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Iverson? No, I, uh, I'll yeah. double check, but I don't believe AI won a, uh, an NBA title. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, who, that's who Harden is. So uh, good luck to Brooklyn. Uh, but to your point, John. The logic of what you are trying to argue, and I'm completely with Mike, it's such a joy to be in total conformance with Mr. Parker, because we have our moments, as you know, John. Yeah. But you could argue that Wilt and Kareem are kind of analogous to each other. Sure. I wouldn't argue it, but one could argue. I think Wilt was in a class by himself, by himself. and you could argue that West and Johnson are analogous to each other. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's tough. That's, that's 50.1 to 49.9. 
But having seen Elgin Baylor play in his prime, uh, Mike's absolutely right. I saw Elgin Baylor play in Syracuse, New York, in the late winter, spring of 1961. And, John, I, I swear, as early as the late 1970s, early 1980s, when everyone was raving about Julius Irving, I was thinking to myself, these people must never have seen Elgin Baylor play because he was purely acrobatic. I mean, he could twist and he can turn and he could pivot. He wasn't the dunk artist that Dr. J was. Yeah. Or maybe even uh, uh, Michael, uh, uh, Michael Jordan. But he was just artistry in motion. And, yes, Mike, if he's out there listening, I do remember Dolph Shays' name. <laughs> and, but... but 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 the, the logic of where you were going, John, because you know how much I love arguing. Yeah, yeah. Is that if we're talking about the three who won the most championships together, then you have to say, well, Bill Russell, Tom Heinsohn, and Bob Cousy were the greatest threesome of of, of all time. And you would never say that, John. Actually, so, that's not it, true because I I learned and grew up and read a lot about those three. I know a lot about Russell's game, and I know a lot about Kuzi's game, but um, I don't. I know a lot about Heinsohn, but I didn't know. I was going to ask you what the trio was around Russell in that era, and 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 I know a lot about Kuzi, but not so much about Tommy Heinsohn outside of being a broadcaster. Right. But uh, well, uh, yeah. So I have a question for Josh, if I might, John. Uh, Josh, is that software you you were describing half an hour ago? Is that what you use to come up with that fabulous feature that you deploy in the football pregame shows? Which was this was the first time Stanford and Oregon State ever had a score that ended up twenty-seven twenty-four. Is that how you come up with those numbers packages? Uh, somewhat. Some some of those numbers that I come out with for the out of the box score are from a similar program. I, I don't know exactly which software program the NBA people use, but there is one available uh, online. Uh, it's you know pr- it's called Ref like Stat Ref Pro Football Reference, NBA Basketball Reference, College Reference. If you just Google any player's name and then reference it'll pull up their page and all the analytic stats for for them does so, it allow you to compare and stuff yeah a fair amount of comparison stuff player game finders team game finders where you can put certain qualifications for when does a game ever have these qualities or a player ever you know how many times from this conference or from this year or a season where they had three or more games of this type i mean you can do a lot of specific things for College ref, college basketball reference, college football reference. That's the. the Was there ever a time when there they didn't do stats or they did they don't have them anymore? So how can that? How can you say that Damian is the only player to ever do that? Right, I'm sure for the NBA one, especially if they're using a different one, that they are able to say that because they go back far enough. Unfortunately, for the college football reference, they really uh, for the like the game finders, they only have the box scores going back to. 2000 on this oh. site they have like game scores for the back so if you're looking up a game you'd have to say this is the first time this century you know since 2000 the last two decades right. that this has happened I, I bet there are other places that have more of a database but i don't you know I, i'm no expert but dave you you get my my point that now that that 
programs and algorithms have been created, now the magic is in who has the creative mind to drum up the idea of what to look for. Does that make sense? Absolutely, John. I understood your point perfectly. Data is data. The question is, what propositions do you pose to the data? <laughs> right. And that, yeah. does, that still requires creativity and, a, and an imagination. But, John, on my way out, I know I don't want to take up this whole segment as, as much as I like talking to you guys, but <laughs> there, there had to have been more in that baseball Zoom conversation. Um, I mean, just give us – I mean, we're just – I'll just speak for myself. I'm just desperate for knowing, uh, you know, what uh, – will fans be allowed in? When are we going to know the schedule? Uh, what what – uh, 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 you know, all, all the peripherals to it. There, there had to have been more – if there is more that you can share, please do in the remaining time this hour. With I'll that, just I'll, I'll just give you, you one. Okay, too. thanks, Dave. Thanks for the call. Um, I don't know what I can say because it was a meeting, and uh, I don't. I I don't know. I can't that's say because okay. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there was a few things in there that were. Um, I mean, nothing top secret. Zach Lasseter meant it when he said, we're not hiding anything. Mm -hmm. They don't know. I mean, obviously, they have some deals and they have some uh, agreements with teams on who they're going to play, obviously, but they haven't released it yet. And because of COVID and, and um, schedule models, the league has to come up with a model on how many league games they want to play and how many non-conferences right. they want to allow teams you have to uh you might cut a team that you are going to play right. because you might take you over a limit that the league comes up with now Zach himself wasn't exactly sure what the league was coming up with for some of those things yet anyway so honestly because everything is still in motion one cannot answer that question. There's a few things I could tell you. I just I can't. Yeah, I, I I had a similar conversation with Jake Rodriguez, who's who puts together the schedule. He's yeah. now the guy that does that. And it was similar. It's yeah, we, it was similar to what Mike said. The hope is 56 games, whatever it may be. And yeah. and it sounded like they're close to putting that together, releasing it, and they'll do it. At the appropriate time, they, you know, there's a lot more hoops to jump through than there once was. He actually said on that podcast mid-January, and we're at mid-January, so now it could be any day now. Yeah. I, I would have to assume. Right. I mean, we're only four weeks, essentially, four weeks yeah. away from what would normally be the start of the season. And and if it gets pushed back a little bit, it's kind of understandable because, gosh, I mean, everything's so up in the air that – if it's oh we got to wait an extra week or whatever, like I get it, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but I I do know that um, I can say that we're not broadcasting on the road at all. Uh, do you think just at the beginning of the season or the whole the whole year? No, the whole year. Wow, well, okay. the whole year. Yeah. And one thing I did find out that I can share. I mean, it doesn't matter. The fans probably don't care, but I was wondering if uh, the league itself came out with. Uh, a, a mandate that said no one can travel and zach said zach lassiter associate athletic director said mm, he didn't he doesn't think so that that it's pretty much up to the institutions mm -hmm. which is interesting because no no pac-12 team is traveling but all the non-conference teams are traveling so when we go to gill coliseum there's always a radio guy there yeah for the non-conference games but not the conference games yeah that's really interesting 
you'd think the smaller institutions wouldn't have the budget. Oftentimes, they don't even send an SID even before COVID for the really small right. programs. And, and then the other question is, could you travel if you wanted to? But I didn't ask that question. I didn't want to. And I was the low man on the totem pole. <laughs> so, you know, speak when spoken to kind of a thing for sure, me. Sure. Um, so, like, if I said, well, if they play in Eugene, can I drive down there and go see the game? He may, they may not know because Eugene might not allow people in. It's yeah. a matter too of schools that right. will or will not allow teams in. Right. Now, um, I do know I can say also that broadcasters for radio who come to uh, Goss Stadium will be allowed in. Okay. So there will be, you know, maybe maybe some some broadcasters coming with teams to Goss Stadium at Coleman Field. Real quick break, and when we come back, we'll, uh, I want to f- hear more about this Damian Lillard-Aaron Fentress battle, mm-hmm. and then a few more things as well here on 1240 Joe Radio. Have you tried to sell your RV? Was the offer from the RV dealer embarrassingly low? Garrity's Cash for Campers program will beat any offer for your RV, or we'll give you $500. This is Shannon Nill with Garrity RV Supercenters in Junction City. Now's a great time to sell or consign your travel trailer, fifth wheel, or motorhome so you can upgrade to a newer model that better fits your lifestyle. We've bought hundreds of RVs for cash, and you can be next. Safe vacations and escapes are now more important than ever, so make sure your RV is ready to maximize your fun and enjoyment. It starts by selling your current RV, and we'll give you $500 if Gary can't beat any other Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. We'll even pay off your existing loan in a hassle-free transaction when we buy your RV. Visit Garrity.com to learn more about Cash for Campers. We don't just sell fun, we guarantee it. Offer not available to commercial parties. Subject to change without notice. See dealer for details. Learn more at Garrity.com. Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your tax and wealth management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kids' college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and wealth management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, tax and wealth management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com or call 541-753-4185 to get in the game. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm Sam Nestline, your local Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help you stay on track. Call me today, 541-753-4665. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Angry Beaver Grill is open for covered and heated outdoor dining as well as dinner-to-go orders Tuesday through Sunday. Get the favorites including Angry Beaver's Reuben and French dip sandwiches, burgers, tacos, and the Gables recipe chicken bisque soup and garlic croutons. And don't miss Angry Beaver's Friday and Saturday night famous Gables smoked ribeye steak dinner special. Angry Beaver Grill open Tuesday through Sunday from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. for covered and heated outdoor dining in the back of the restaurant and for carryout on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Angry Beaver, thank you for your support. 
Hey, Beaver Nation, this is Mike Parker. I want to talk about my experience at the Barbers in Corvallis. Rachel at the Barbers has been cutting what hair I have for many years. Not only do I get a great haircut, but also a hot leather neck shave, a shampoo and scalp massage, a soothing neck and shoulder massage, free popcorn and soda, a TV at every station to watch all the games. Discover for yourself why over 2,000 guys a month go to the Barbers. Check them out on 9th Street in Corvallis, the Barbers, where I go and guys go for great cuts. All right, we got a couple of minutes here. What happened? Damian Lillard, Aaron Fentress. Aaron Fentress writes for the Oregonian. And did this happen last night in the post game of the Sacramento game? Right. Yeah, last night. And uh, it, <laughs> so I'll, I'll break it down, and then we can talk about what yeah. you know opinions on it. But the so it's after the game. I think Aaron asked the very first question, just kind of reactions, whatever. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Game, blah, blah, blah. yeah. and so Damon gives the answer, and then at the end of his answer, before going to the next question, he uh-huh. says, "By the way, <laughs> I saw your tweets." <laughs> kind of a little, a little, it's like a clap, a delayed clap back. Like I, I saw your tweets about us not being the best backcourt yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, and there was kind of a pause. Because I'm, I'm understandably, Aaron was kind of caught off guard. It wasn't a response to his question. He probably didn't even know that Damien saw his tweets, and his response was today. That was that was his response. I don't totally understand why he asked that. Was he asking, "Did you see it today?" Which I don't know why that would be important. He had tweeted it, I think, on the seventh, just a few days ago. Um, so, so I don't. Who cares when Damien saw it? Did yeah. He, did he? Yeah. Did he, I don't. I don't understand why Aaron said that. Probably because sometimes when we, and I'm just generalizing here, but the human condition, when you think you might have gotten caught doing something wrong, mm-hmm. and his, he probably hadn't calculated, yeah. oh, what did I do? What did I do? What? Huh? And he probably says, almost like when someone's caught red-handed, they say, uh, and they make up some really stupid excuse. Sure. It's like, that's not the point. The point is you've got your hand in the cookie jar. Or ask a question, like, just what did you say again? Even though you clearly heard him. Yeah, just like, give yeah. me a second to think about yeah, it. Yeah, Or like, are you talking about some other tweet? Was this So like, somebody else said what a great, what a, what the best backcourt would be, and Aaron Fentress just retweeted it? No, he said, someone else said, something, something, best backcourt, Damien, CJ, whatever. And he replied three words. Westbrook and Beal? Question mark. That that was the tweet. That, that was one of the two. So tweets. really, the question two that tweets. I have, we don't have time to really get into it because I'm curious about about this. But yeah. to me, the issue here isn't that they he saw it, isn't that he questioned him about it and all that. That's yeah. fine. I mean, there can be a conversation and a topic, if you will, on a talk show about the world we're in and how. Uh, athletes are more connected with the fans, just like the fans are more connected with the athletes and can get in and see media guides by going to osubeavers.com and mm-hmm. seeing what we see. And, and everyone has more of an inside. Well, so do the players. They yeah. have more of an inside to the fans and can, yeah. or the writers and can talk back. Now, it kind of takes me back to the old days of of uh, newspaper writers and the ball players would read their stories and get mad at them <laughs> when they came into the locker room. It's it's very, It's the same thing. Yeah, but what my question to you is: How mad was Damien? He seemed a, a pretty peeved. I mean, he brought it up. He had thought about it for multiple days. Brought it up unasked. But did for. he want to get into it? Well, he he wanted to bring it up, but then once Aaron Aaron got defensive and uh-huh. said, "Well, I was saying for this reason," and then Damien just stared at him, literally several seconds really? of silence and just no response and just stared. It, Aaron's response so didn't make much sense because he said. Oh, I was just offering them as an option. I was saying, 
that, you know, there's a possibility, which just based on that one tweet, sure, Westbrook and Beal, question mark, but then he doubled down on his second tweet and started to list off statistics about how good they are. And then it's like, well, now you're defending and now you really are basically saying, to me, I don't really like how either of them handle that situation. Uh I don't want the players to be getting mad. If a writer says you're not the best backcourt, fine. Just go play better. Yes. Who cares? Yes. And Aaron probably, you know, he he didn't exactly say what he said correctly. Well, well, I mean, don't get defensive. The real answer is, yeah, that's what I said. You got a problem with that? Exactly. I don't like how either of them (laughs) handle Because they're not friends. They don't have to be. And and he doesn't, he has to, exactly. Write better, play better. Yes. Your point is what I wanted to make. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right, 10 seconds. Thanks for sitting in. Yeah, thank you. I wish we had more time. Great call, Dave. Thanks for calling in. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow, we have well, we don't have time. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Okay, please. <laughs> Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.